0: Welcome to Femtech Focus with Dr. Brittany Barreto, exploring the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. Welcome to the Femtech Focus podcast, where we have meaningful and provocative conversations with Femtech experts. These academics, doctors, and innovators tell us about the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Brittany Barreto. In today's episode, I interview Kristen Comer, Program Manager at Springboard Enterprise. Springboard's mission is to accelerate the growth of entrepreneurial companies led by women through access to essential resources and a global community of experts. I'm one of their mentors, and the founders that they have in their programs are incredible. Since 2000, so that's 20 years ago, two decades, tw- uh, 20 years, over 800 springboard portfolio companies have graduated and created over $20 billion in value. They've had over 220 exits, including 20 IPOs. Insane, absolutely insane. <laughs> like. Obviously, they're doing something right at Springboard. Uh, Springboard's enterprise just launched a new program, though, called Women's Health Innovation Coalition. You can check it out at womens.health. The coalition is of innovators, investors, clinicians, analysts, and executives. And they have a shared goal of advancing innovation in women's health. In particular, they want to find solutions that address unmet needs and disease conditions and indications that solely predominantly or differently impact the health of women. And we talk about that in this episode, like is femtech only menopause, you know, cause it only affects women or is femtech also things that disproportionately affect women or differently impact women. Um, a really interesting conversation uh, the top areas of interest for them are autoimmune disease, oncology, bone health, gynecological and reproductive health, sexual health, heart disease, and cognitive and brain health. Wow, super cool! Definitely check out their website. It I, it's my go to for like what's news and events. It's really really awesome. They also have fantastic events of their own. Um, so again, women's health. Enjoy the interview. Hey, Kristen, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited.
0: Yeah, this is really, really exciting because you are with an organization I have known about for a long while, Springboard Enterprises, since I was a female founder. And so (laughs) now to be a partner with y'all through your new Women's Health Innovation Coalition, I am really, really excited to to be working with y'all.
1: Yeah, we're really excited to have you, Um, and we're really excited about the Women's Health Coalition. Um, So yeah.
0: Perfect. We are going to get into that, but let's start first with you and your background. Where are you from? What did you study? What are you interested in? How did you end up at Springboard? And you know, tell us about yourself. (laughs) Of course. Um, So
1: I'm originally from California, um, and that's where I currently am. I actually live in D.C. most of the time, but obviously for the time being, just escaped out here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so my background is, I have an interesting mix of things. For my undergrad, I studied psychology and um, dance. And then out of college, I started in pharmaceutical sales and I was selling diabetes medication and weight loss medication. Then spent some time um, at a small medical device um, company within Johnson Johnson selling breast implants and um, breast expanders. And then from there, worked at a small startup, a pharmaceutical company called Neos Therapeutics, where I sold ADHD medication. Um, Then decided to leave all that, pack up my bags and move to Sweden for my master's. Amazing. um, Yeah. (laughs) So I got my master's in business management. And that's also where I got my exposure to innovation and health tech. And so After I graduated there, I I wanted to move back to DC and happened to find Springboard and their programs that they do with the Health Innovation Hub. And so I was like, oh, this is perfect. And so um, it just worked out. So that's how I came to Springboard.
0: Amazing. Is there a lot of uh, like biotech and innovation in Sweden?
1: Um, There's a lot of innovation um, all over the place. And so we were actually, the business school at Lund university. It's a huge research institute and it's a really international school as well. So um, they do a lot of research out of there and they also have a science park that has an incubator and an accelerator part of it. So um, there's a lot of that in Lund as well. Yeah.
0: Cool. That's awesome. I want to go there. <laughs> it sounds awesome. I love it. It's great. <laughs> um, well, tell us about Springboard Enterprises.
1: Yeah. So um, Springboard is a nonprofit, Um We've been operating for 20 years now. Um, we're based out of DC, but we operate globally and um, we run accelerator programs for women-led businesses in life sciences and technology. And uh, we do this through leveraging our expert network to connect these entrepreneurs with the resources they need in order to really reach that next stage of growth.
0: Wow. 20 years. It, that's amazing. I mean... I don't even know how many organizations were around 20 years ago talking about female founders.
1: I know it, it's amazing. And we actually is January that we just hit our 20th anniversary. Um, so we actually also hit our 20th IPO at that point. So it was a year of 20s. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so it's a,
0: um, yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, Do you know how many companies have gone through your accelerator? Um, we're close to 800 um, alumni. Um,
1: so there's around 700, um, companies that have gone through.
0: Incredible. Yeah. Wow. That it's just so impressive. And are you, you have like chapters around the United States? No. So we're actually, as I mentioned,
1: we're DC based. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but our alumni network, um, who's very active in helping new startups Mm -hmm. and, um, being advisors for them as well, they're all over the place. And so when we run our accelerator programs, we go towards the areas that really have the, um, the environment for it. Like we go to San Francisco, we go to Boston, we go to New York. And so we go to the places that, um, it's really big and uh, travel all over the place.
0: Cool. Wow. So exciting. And so the reason why, you know, we're, in cahoots with each other femtech focus and springboard (laughs) um isn't necessarily the female founder part because as you know my listeners know i'm very bullish on more men should care about menstruation and Mm -hmm. menopause and so i'm very not this is only for female founders um although the majority of our founders are female but springboard just launched a women's health innovation coalition so tell us what that is
1: yeah. So, um, this coalition just launched about two weeks ago. I think when I first got in touch with you, that was when it was such a little seedling of a project and it's been developing for the past few months. Um, and so to really understand how we got to the coalition, um, it's, it's good to understand kind of what the work we've been doing in the women's health space. Yes. That's um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, back me so, up.
1: Totally. Tell me. Yeah. So back up. <laughs> um, So we've been putting a lot of energy into the women's health space for um, the past year or so. And what this has really looked like is one of the things we started doing were these in-person roundtables where we'd get groups of 30 to 40 um, people in a room. And these conversations ranged anywhere from loose marketplace discussions to more tailored entrepreneurs presenting their solutions. And then we'll talk about that landscape. Um, And so actually out of the October roundtable we did in New York, um, one of the conversations was centered around clinical studies and how they're primarily done on white males. And um, so after that roundtable, um, I, along with my colleague Paola and um, Liz Powell of G2G Consulting, who's an amazing government consultant, um, developed some legislative policy aimed to drive more gender-specific data transparency from lab to market. So that was out of that conversation at that roundtable, we decided to Put action to it. Gosh, I love it. So, so these roundtables have been really fruitful discussions. And so, we really want, we saw the importance of bringing together these different partners um, and really building a network um, that served as a collective voice to drive this space forward. So, we want to create an ecosystem that allowed this conversation, this cross pollination that addressed the holistic perspective of women's health. And so that's
0: how the coalition formed. <laughs> Woo, that's amazing. I love it. It's, you know, you, you did a listening tour, you know, you got people together and you realized what was bubbling up. And this apparently women's health bubbled up enough. And you saw that there was so much work to do that, you know, just having a once in a while webinar wasn't going to be enough right? So yeah, exactly. What is the coalition? What do you guys do if you're not just a once in a while webinar?
1: Yeah. So we're laying the groundwork right now. So as I mentioned, it's fairly new, so it's in development. But, um, one thing that I think is rather unique about what we're doing is that we are taking a holistic approach to women's health. So, you know, traditionally people, um, think of, you know, the gynecological reproductive menopause, which is Still, a very mm-hmm, important aspect mm-hmm. um, and needs a whole lot of innovation. Um, but we want to look beyond that at um, other diseases and conditions that either solely, predominantly, or differently impact women mm. um, and really change that narrative to look at um, the health of women overall. Um, and so, when we formed this coalition, there's become such a wealth of expertise it from the regulatory space, the policy, IP, strategy, you know, you name it. Um, and a lot are very tailored to the femtech space itself. And so I think it's just so valuable to have these perspectives and they really could help these companies grow. And, um, you know, people in this space, I feel like are so passionate about it.
0: Yeah, that we're, we're kind of crazy. <laughs> We're kind of crazy. Yeah.
1: I love it. I absolutely love it. And, um, but they really want to see it grow. Mm-hmm. So people are there to offer that help Are there to kind of make those connections. And so we want to translate kind of our in-person roundtables to online formats and really come up with ways that we could make this networking among them and really utilize this wealth of knowledge.
0: I love it. I love it. You know, when you first told me about this months ago, you know, At that point, Femtech Focus was still, you know, newer, and we were trying to find our identity. And one of the initiatives I was thinking that we were going to launch was, you know, almost a marketplace of resources for Femtech companies. Mm -hmm. And that may be still something that we do. You know, we've kind of, uh, we're honing in more on helping founders find fundraising and helping them get investor ready. And, um, you know, we're creating this database of investors and companies, but I was honestly, I don't know if I've told you this, but when you said, Oh, you're doing a, a marketplace of resources, that's what we're doing. I said, Oh, thank God. Springboard's <laughs> got it. Good. <laughs> good. Good. In case I d- took that off of our top priorities, you know, I'm glad someone's building it. Because yeah. um, as someone who's been obsessed with women's health for the past year, I am still stumbling across resources and it's like, dear God, I Google this stuff every day and it's on page 12, you know, and it's like, yeah, we need somewhere that brings it together.
1: And that's exactly what we want to do. It's, it, we wanted to create this online website um, and we were fortunate enough to get the URL women's dot health. So um, that was really awesome to get that. Um, and really, serve as a funnel to other people's work and resources, because, you know, we saw that there were so many individuals and organizations that were really advocating for this space and bringing all these resources together that we wanted to showcase them, bring them all together to, to funnel them out to um, our partners' pages and that wealth of knowledge within that.
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, besides awareness, is there another gap in the market that you think that this coalition is is filling? Yes, and so I kind of touched upon this. I really think
1: what's so important is now that the conversation is shifting um, towards examining how gender and sex plays such a role in health outcomes. Mm -hmm. And um, when you look at that, you kind of see all these stats to see that there are all these different um, diseases and conditions that do disproportionately impact women. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's really identifying those areas and bringing forward that awareness, as you said, um, of how all these different conditions play a role in the the landscape as well.
0: I actually am super into that objective you guys have because, you know, a lot of women's health websites and stuff, it's all about how do you get pregnant, you know, like how do you manage your period (laughs) and very much like biological women stuff. But what mm-hmm. I love is that you guys and you said it earlier I wrote it down cuz it's so good you said either solely <laughs> dominantly or differently affect women. And mm-hmm. you know, when I started femtech focus, I had to think to myself, are is femtech also, you know, uh, diseases that for the most part, affect women, but also men sometimes, you know, am I like clean cut 100% or 0%, you know, and what I'm realizing, I know my listeners are, you know, Brittany's learns every day (laughs) on our interviews, right? Like, so I continue to learn, oh my gosh, it's not only about what percentage of men versus women is affected by it, but even if it's only 5% of women affected by it, but the way that they show their symptoms is very different or the Mm -hmm. treatment for it does not work for them. That is Femtech. Exactly. That is Femtech. Yeah. Oh my God, I love it so much. And I looked on your website. So you have seven areas that you focus on. You have autoimmune, oncology, mm-hmm. which is cancer, bone health, gynecological, reproductive health, heart health, cognitive and brain health. So why don't you walk us through why those were chosen?
1: Yeah, um, so we actually came upon these, this combination through a variety of our research um, that we conducted, as well as having conversations with our Springboard alumni, um, as well as our exact committee within Springboard that we set up in women's health as well. And so um, we we were listening to them, hearing all these different areas, looking at the statistics, and um, and chose these ones. And so they they've actually been adjusted a little bit. Um, I actually was just talking to one of our menopause companies, Medora, and decided to switch up the ca- categories just slightly. So I
0: ended oh, up- uh, on live air edit. Let's do it. Yeah.
1: Well, <laughs> I should. I think I I may have already updated the website. I don't remember. Um, <laughs> um, but it's a combination uh, combining gynecological health with reproductive health, yeah. um, and adding in sexual health as well. Oh, um,
0: took- I love it! I love it. Yes. And cool. so there's
1: definitely overlap between those different categories, but mm-hmm. it seems to make sense to really kind of pull those apart.
0: Yep. Um, yeah. So why yeah. autoimmune? You know, I can I can tell gynecological reproductive health, but can you walk us through autoimmune, um, bone health, we've talked about a little bit, but would love any input And in heart health, cognitive health. Can you tell us a little bit of some background story there?
1: Yeah, so... I mean, in autoimmune, as I mentioned, when you really break down the statistics of it and examining it closer, you know, 80%, almost 80% of patients are women Mm. with autoimmune diseases. And so um, that's a really large chunk of patients. Um, So that was one that we decided, okay, yeah, that that makes sense. Um, Then when it comes to heart health, um, I'm sure you're maybe aware, as we talked about, you know, um, when diseases, um, are differently impacted to women or the symptoms are different. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you think heart attacks and you think about Hollywood heart attack, you're like clenching your, your heart, your chest and all that, but it manifests so differently in women. It's back pain, it's jaw, it's, you know, it's a lot of different symptoms. Yeah. And so a lot of women would be misdiagnosed when they're having, um, heart attacks as well. And so that was one area that we chose, mm-hmm. you know, this is, um, Huge in women, and that's because of the estrogen and hormone levels in their body as well. Um, and then when you look at cognitive and brain health, um, Alzheimer's disease, uh, for example, that's about two thirds of all Alzheimer's patients are female, and it's actually um, the fifth leading cause of death um, for women.
0: Wow! So
1: when you, as I mentioned, so when you really break down those statistics, it's kind of eye opening, being like why are we not focusing on these areas? My more?
0: God, it's 2020. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Thank you so much for putting a spotlight on it. And what about sexual health? Cause obviously men have sex. And so what is, what is the unique aspect of women's sexual health?
1: And so, yeah, so this is something that I, I mentioned. I was just talking to one of our menopause companies. And so, you know, originally we had it categorized under reproductive health just because that seemed kind of fall in it. Um, But it, I mean, it's, it's different than that. It's completely separate. And so um, we wanted to draw that into its own category, category, because there's so many different elements within sexual health, you know, um, sexual dysfunction, different, and it's different than how men um, experience it as
0: well. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Sexual dysfunction for women from what I've learned literally on this podcast is more so in the brain with chemicals and men, it's more mechanical with blood and blood vessels in Mm -hmm. their heart. And, um, and also, you know, you don't hear a lot about men saying that there's high rates of discomfort during sex, but women, it's exactly like one in three women experience discomfort in, during sex. And so it's like, yeah, that's a different experience.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, what have you gotten in terms of responses from some of your partners? I know you're partnering with innovators, investors, researchers, analysts, and executives. So what, what's the feedback you've been getting on this?
1: Yeah, it's, it's actually been overwhelmingly positive, I would say. So, um, when we launched, we had, um, 35 partners and, uh, within the first week I've gotten 30 new responses. Oh my
0: gosh.
1: Interested to join. (laughs) So I'm, I'm making my way through that. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, investors have been really positive about it, which is very exciting. Mm -hmm. We want that. Um, and, um, As I mentioned, what has been so, so awesome about it is, I mean, people in this space are so passionate about it. And so everyone's been like, this is exactly what we need. We want all these people together to really drive this space forward. And it's been really cool to see how global the responses have been Mm -hmm. as well. Um, You know, we, we are a a company that operates globally, but most of the time, because of our location in the States, we do tend to stay uh, within companies that are in the US. And I mean, I don't know if it's because we're now in a very virtual age over the mm-hmm. last few months. Um, but I've gotten to learn about all these amazing companies that are all over the world. And so um that's been truly amazing of this.
0: What would success look like in a year from now for women.health? Oh, is it women's Women's.health. health?
1: Women's health,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we really want to evolve this um, and
1: you know, there's going to be elements that we're integrating into Springboard as well. And so the evolution of this right now is um, we've been sprinkling women's health within um, our health innovation hub programming. um, And we're hoping that in the next year, we're going to completely evolve that into a women's health um, program, or that's the hope at least. And so we want to keep continuing these um conversations we have, as I mentioned, we have so much expertise in the space. So there's so many conferences that I'm been getting mm-hmm. in contact with that's helping like let's get a women's health panel um and pulling from this coalition, talk having these experts talk about the space and really getting that that voice out there saying that this is an area that I, that needs attention um and needs innovation. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the evolution we're we're hoping for over the next year.
0: Does it Am I hearing you correctly? It sounds like it's kind of going to be like a springboard enterprise version of the virtual Femtech Accelerator. In a way, in a way. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because I mean, as we've talked about, we really do want these these companies to succeed. It's Mm -hmm. an area that we see is so essential, especially as women. We want these solutions. There's so many companies coming out with really um, amazing solutions to these problems and we want to see them succeed and so um, one of springboard's strongest things is our expert network and so we really want to leverage that to help these companies grow
0: definitely do you have a um, a lot of ob gins as in your network because one thing that we've noticed at femtech focus is, as we attend virtual pitch competitions you know my co-founder dr julie hakeem Sometimes mentions, wow, that company, I don't think, has ever consulted with a doctor about that med device or that drug that they're proposing. And moreover, that organization allowed them on stage or on screen. You know, like they don't have a doctor in the company, obviously, who said, we're not letting this person speak. Um, so, what is Springboard's expertise behind that in terms of, you know, doctors?
1: Yeah. And so, one of the things that, when I was building Springboard's women's health exec committee um, that I wanted to look at is I really wanted to get a range of different perspectives because Mm -hmm. they were my go-to on everything, you know, how do we develop this or what do you think we should go with this? Mm -hmm. And so we brought together a combination of, um, you know, we have a chief of women's health from Brigham's and women's. We have, I just added a um, women's urogynecologist um, to the council. Uh, We have tons of investors. We have, you know, people with this really strong women's health expertise across a wide variety of things from big pharma down to startups. And um, yeah, and so it's it's really important, I think, to get that diverse perspective.
0: Yeah. What have investors been telling you? You said that they're very excited, but is it the investors that are already in femtech or is it ones that have never done femtech or... So they're definitely the ones that are already
1: in FemTech, but I have gotten some responses from some that are saying, this is an area that we've noticed we've actually been investing in companies like this. And so they've been interested in continuing to explore that that area. And so, and I've also seen more pop up, um, Reformation Ventures is a new, um, firm that's popped up, um, that's doing uh, women's health and women's sexual health, um, and so there are more that are popping up that are very tailored yeah. into women's health space. But I'm also hearing from some
0: that are um, just general VC firms as well. Perfect. Oh, my God. That's music to my ears. Yes. Yes, it's so exciting. <laughs> Show us the money. <laughs> we'll make you a lot of money. You know, it's not like we're asking yeah, exactly. for donations here. It's like, hey, let's both win, you know. <laughs> Um, gosh, that's awesome. That's so awesome. So let's say I am, you know, a brand new femtech founder. How does your website, womens.health help me? Like, what should I do on it? And what should I, you know, anticipate taking away? Yeah. And
1: so this is actually something that I'm going to develop a little bit more, so we have a lot of resources on there. so there's things that range from policy work to um, new clinical studies. so there's that mm. kind of knowledge but there's also resources in the sense of we have companies that do a lot of um, research and so they could partner with that. We have a lot of law- lawyers that do this space and some that provide strategic consulting for femtech specifically. and so one thing I want to kind of develop is pulling apart the resource page to kind of have four startups for Patients, or for you know, like more of that general public that wants to learn, yeah, to
0: really
1: provide that, that, um, those different resources in that tailored way.
0: Gosh, that is so good because, uh, you know, over the past year, as I've tried to find connections in the women's health space, sometimes you know, the person totally picks up what I'm putting down, they know what I'm talking about, and other times we're 20 minutes in the conversation and they're like, yeah, you know, women empowerment, female founders. And I'm like, Oh my God, we're missing the point. We're missing, <laughs> we're going to need to back up, you know, <laughs> or, yeah. you know, like they say something that is just not in line with the values. And so I, I would love to have a, you know, directory, if you will, you know, it's kind of sounds yeah. like you have a directory. Oh, that's so awesome. That's so awesome. Um, yeah. What do you you know, think about the femtech industry in the future? Like, do you think this is going to be, I just interviewed someone who said, you know, I hope one day femtech is just human health. It's just health tech, Mm -hmm. you know, what do you, uh, just on a personal thing, you know, because right now it's so hot and it's new and all these people are jumping into it and we're all so passionate. What do you hope for uh, the future?
1: I mean, I hope for it to be as I've kind of tailored what we've talked about, you know, to mm-hmm. the health of women. And so I think that I, I agree with the sense that it should just be normal, you know, health tech or healthcare. Um, but you still need to examine it through that certain lens yes. of, you know, this is for the health of women, this is for the health of men, because we're learning how different the bodies biologically are and how we react different to medicine, or we may have different behavioral aspects of that. We're more into digital tools or things like that. So those solutions would Help us or as females more, um, yeah. and so I think that I, w- I would like it to be kind of that healthcare umbrella. But I think it is necessary to still examine it through the lens of um, health of men versus health of women.
0: Absolutely. I mean, my friend Helena, she uh, she's actually the voice in the beginning of this podcast. She doesn't want to hear uh-huh. her own voice, so she always skips forward. <laughs> Helena, you should listen to yourself sometime. It's perfect, but. Um, she is currently very pregnant, about to give birth. And she texted me a screenshot of her, um, I think it was her Apple fitness health app. And it was saying like, you are eating way too much. You're not exercising enough. Like it had all of these things about how terrible everything that she was doing. And she was like, yeah, guess what? It doesn't have a pregnancy feature. Like it doesn't like, that's not even a freaking option, you know? And I yeah. was like, Oh my God, add it to the list. Y'all add it to the list, yeah. you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, Yeah.
1: It's just making these type of solutions more tailored to yeah. females and women and how our bodies are through its life cycle. And yep. so I think that's that's necessary.
0: I was talking to another founder this morning. I was uh, consulting her. She her company is called the lifestyle lab. And, you know, I've been mentoring her for a few months now. It's evolved a lot over time. And I selfishly am very happy. She has now tailored the product to women specifically. I think I've rubbed off Mm -hmm. on her. Um, (laughs) but the, the lifestyle lab is supposed to be this app that helps you schedule your work-life balance, right? And so she's trying Mm -hmm. to target entrepreneurs and students who don't take the time to do some stretching or breathing. So she's actually tailored the product now as of this morning, her latest pitch is that it's actually for women because current, um, you know, scheduling apps or apps that help you like with your day or like time Mm -hmm. blocking it's. None of them taking it um, account, maybe once a week, you may be more tired because you're on your period or once a mm-hmm. week, you're mm-hmm. more emotional. And so you may need some extra time off than regular. She's like, when I started mm-hmm. to think about it, Brit, you're telling me about Femtech and I'm looking at all these apps and I was like, damn, wait a minute. None of them have any consideration <laughs> for like my hormone fr- fluctuations throughout the month. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Boom! Yeah. Another added to the list. Add it to the list. Amazing. <laughs> love it." Ah. Well, speaking about you know innovation in femtech, what are some areas that in women's health and wellness that you think still need innovating?
1: Yeah. Um, so of course, I, I have to keep going along with um, my holistic approach. I love and it. I yep. Get- <laughs> Being the cognitive health enthusiast that I am, that's my, mm. my major speaking, I would love to see either a platform or um, a few apps that tackle mental health through different life cycles of a mm. woman's life. Um, because, you know, adolescent anxiety is so different from postpartum depression and so different from mental health through menopause and then elderly depression. You know, women often outlive their partners and as a result, yeah. they get lose their loved ones. And so these are all very different stages of life. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's about, I think one in five women, um, in the U S experience mental health conditions. And so I think really breaking that down into the different life cycles of a woman's life. I would love to see someone do that.
0: (laughs) Mm, I love it. Perfect. And what do you think that femtech industry as a whole needs the most right now to be successful?
1: Um I really I would have to go back to probably education and awareness. Mm-hmm. you know, as I mentioned and as we're talking about these different diseases and conditions that you know predominantly differently uh, disproportionately impact women, I didn't learn a lot about a lot of these until I was really in there studying mm-hmm. them reading this every day and um so now it just seems normal for me, but I feel like there's so many people out there that just don't know that this is the case, and there's yeah. still a lot of um taboo topics and things within women's health and so normalizing those and then really bringing that education and awareness piece
0: yeah i love it and education and awareness um are you talking about just the female consumer or um like innovators or investors or all of them preferably all of them right but who do you think it needs the most awareness and <laughs> education
1: all of them, yes <laughs> um, well i think I think the end user really, because I mean, one thing that I think is so awesome about digital tools within, um, within healthcare in general is it allows you to take, um, ownership of your health. Mm -hmm. You are understanding how your body functions and about the different ways that, um, it works. And so I think it really comes down to kind of a patient education level as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but obviously we do need the innovators and the investors to know this, but I think going to that square one of this is what the patient or the the end user needs to know about their own body and how they can really take control of that through these digital tools and solutions that are
0: available. Absolutely. I love it. I absolutely love it, you know, because doctors only have so much time with patients and, you know, there are so many women that I hear from that say, you know, if I had been told about, you know, my sexual dysfunction symptom that was going to happen after mm-hmm. I got the surgery, I may have reconsidered, you know, no one talked to exactly, me about that yeah. until it happened. And they said, Oh, yeah, that's a consequence, you know, and it's like, how, yeah. we just need to get that information out there. Mm, so important. Yeah. Well, I exactly. love what Springboard is doing. I love your organization, year 20, 20 IPOs. So I mean, talk about like, just take a knee, you know, like springboard is <laughs> has proven it. And uh, I just hope that with your new partners for Women's uh, Innovation Coalition, I love that you have a lot of partners, but I hope that Femtech Focus is considered an OG, original gangster partner of y'all. <laughs> of because... <laughs> course, always. yes. Oh man, so great. Um, thank you so much for your time today and thank you for your work. Well, thank you
1: so much for having me. I really had fun.
0: Thank you for listening to my interview with Kristen Comer, Program Manager at Springboard Enterprise, who is leading their Women's Health Innovation Coalition. Check out this amazing resource at womens.health. Are you fired up to improve women's health? Did the statistics and stories of this interview inspire you? Which category are you the most passionate about? Is it autoimmune, brain health? Maybe it's sexual health. How about bone health? We obviously have so much more to cover on this show. We haven't even talked about bone health, really. I mean, autoimmune, we haven't, brain, like seriously, if you're working in one of these areas, please reach out to us so we can interview you and help spotlight that area in Femtech. femtech. All right, a few events coming up I want to let you all know about. The first is the Women's Health Innovation Summit, going virtual this year, happening four days in September, 14th, 15th, 21st, 22nd. Get your ticket at womenshealthinnovationusa.com, and I want to let you know that we got a promo code, getting you a discount, listeners. The promo code is FOCUS10, FOCUS10, no space. Get that promo code, get that discount. Another upcoming uh, set of events is through Entitled Kingdom. Pretty cool. They're doing live interviews on the state of Femtech every Thursday throughout August and September. August 6th kicks it off with Jill Angelo and Anne Garnier, two of our ladies that have been uh, interviewed on here. And they're talking about menopause. So August 6th and then every Thursday for the next two months. Pretty dope. Um... Please support the podcast, y'all. Please support the podcast. I can't believe the conversations that I get to have. Um, We have thousands of listeners around the world. Please rate rate our show and subscribe and share it with your friends. Follow us on social at Femtech Focus. And until next time, keep innovating because improving women's health and wellness improves everyone's health and wellness.